102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And Tom Petty. We're back to Nagel on Rock 102. Man, what a show today. Start off by telling you that the, uh, the rain that's going to happen throughout the day is going to last through tonight and into tomorrow. That's why you're going to need a good day today on the show. Barry Krieger will be here. What's bothering Barry? Also, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. That will forget, help you forget all about the rain. That's going to be here today, tonight, possibly tomorrow. It's 32 degrees right now. We're back to Nagel and Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Every Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56. It's 34 in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we go. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Now I'm getting to that age where people start dying, uh, you know, that I grew up watching on television. Like a Bob McGrath? Like a Bob McGrath or a Kirstie Alley who died yesterday with what her family described as a, quote, short battle with cancer. She was 71 years old. They said the cancer was only recently discovered, and Kirsty uh, quote, fought with strength, leaving us with the certainty of never-ending joy of living in whatever adventures lie ahead. She's best known for playing Rebecca Howe on NBC's Cheers from 1987 to 1993. A second NBC sitcom, Veronica's Closet, aired for three seasons from 1997 to 2000. She made her film debut in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan in 1982. It's a long really? Time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I vaguely remember her being in that. Uh, I remember her being in that. I don't remember in what capacity because I didn't really pay too much attention to I the think Star she, Trek movies. I think she was on the bridge. Her other films included Summer School with Mark Harmon. Oh, I remember the, that one. The greatest actor to ever live. Yeah. Mark, do you see a wheelchair under Mark Harmon backs? No, I do, do not. Do you see a wheelchair under Mark Harmon? Uh, Village of the Damned, and of course she was in the Look Who's Talking flicks, where she co-starred with John Travolta, and of course John provoked, uh, posted a tribute to Kirsty, saying, uh, Kirsty was one of the most special relationships I've ever had. I love you. I know we will see each other again. Yeah, it's too bad. Didn't realize she was 71, but then that makes a total sense, doesn't it? What makes total what sense? That well, she if she's been doing work since 1982. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she was probably 30 back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which then makes me feel really old because I remember 1982 like it was the back of my hand. I didn't realize she was that old on Cheers. Yes. Wow. Makes you think. Sure does. Uh, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott flew from Miami to Van Nuys, California on separate private jets. Each used over 15,000 pounds of jet fuel and produced 25 tons of carbon dioxide. And then they said, eh, make sure you recycle your bottles and cans. That's going to help everybody. Don't want to put a hole through the ozone. The man who shot Lady Gaga's dog walker was just sentenced to 21 years in prison. The dog walker faced his attacker in court and said, quote, you shot me and left me to die, and both of our lives have changed forever. Meanwhile, the dog has to walk itself. 
You don't want that. Not Lady Gaga's dogs. Ice Cube wants to make another Friday sequel, but needs Warner Brothers to give him control of the franchise. Quote, they need to do the right thing, get it to us, let us turn it into more money, and make the fans happy. How many uh, sequels have there been now? Fifteen? I thought there was only three. It's It almost seems like we're at Police Academy uh, numbers. Friday? Uh, next Friday? A week after Friday? The Friday after that? Uh, oh, the, yeah, I guess the, there is more. Yeah, the Friday three. coming up? Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, last yeah. Friday. Sorry, I missed you on a Friday. Yeah, I. Th- there's all different kinds of ways you can do that. What you got going on on Friday? Which Friday? That's 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 one of the movies. That's the other one. Which yeah, Friday? which, which yeah. Friday? Mick Fleetwood's wooden balls from the cover of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album sold at auction for a hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars. Well, that's more than fifty thousand dollars per ball. Uh, items belonging to Fleetwood and his bandmates John McVie and the uh, late Christy Mc- Christine McVie uh, were sold off over the weekend. <clears throat> wow, that must have upped the value once she died last week. I'm pretty sure uh, she definitely her death ultimately helped his balls. Uh, her swag included dresses, a Hammond B3 organ. Oh, yeah, she yeah. knew how to play the Hammond B3. That's the truth. An electric baby grand piano, a speaker and microphones that brought in nearly $200,000 in, uh, in all. And it says here in the article, uh, you know, not to be morbid, but her death may have helped drive the prices. I just said that. Yeah, even if it's something that's not entirely associated with her, like McFleetwood's balls. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey. Calm down now. She, what? I'm just saying. She's dead. I'm talking about the balls. Like uh, when Michael Jackson died or or even like anybody like Tom Petty. When Tom Petty, everybody's value goes up when you die. It's been that way through all of art. You know, That's if you're an artist, you know, like Vincent Van Gogh. You know, that guy never made a dime when he was an artist, when he was alive. How much do you think, stu- like when you and I go, what do, what do you think, uh, is there anything going to be like worth anything more than six bucks? I tend to doubt it. Oh, look, it's, uh, it's Bax's sweatshirt uh, from uh, 2012. <laughs> what, what am I going to do with this bobblehead? Yeah, bobbleheads, <laughs> billboards, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, I know. You could sell that stuff as a whole lot for 10 bucks. <laughs> uh, and won't, in- won't you please help me take my memories away? In a recent interview with the Sunday Times, Shania Twain revealed some of the extreme measures she took to discourage her late stepfather, Jerry Twain, from sexually abusing her. The uh, man terrorized the whole family, which included Shania's mom, Sharon, her two sisters, a brother, and Jerry's orphan nephew. Shania's sexual abuse started when she was only 10 years old, and uh, here's what she resorted to. She goes, I hid myself, I would flatten my boobs, I would wear bras that were too small for me, and I'd wear to play it down until there was uh, nothing girl about me. Make it easier to go unnoticed. Uh, she said it was terrible. She said she did fight back against him. I think a lot of that was anger, not courage, and it took me a long time to manage that anger. You don't want somebody that attacks me on the streets because I will F and rip your head off. What a terrible story. Yeah, I, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, I remember, uh, you know, when she first came on the scene about how she had this, like, kind of upbringing which wasn't that great but you never really got the details until now but uh yeah she went through a lot she did with that uh nasty stepdad terrible a list of jobs that rock artists had before they were famous includes ozzy osbourne working in a slaughterhouse debbie harry as a playboy bunny and kurt cobain as a janitor 
He never had a head for that business either, though. You know, that's a, you see what I did there? <laughs> I see what you did. I did a Kurt Cobain joke. Oh, but he had jaws flapping. And uh, Kim Kardashian got a restraining order against a man who claimed to talk with her telepathically. Really? Mm-hmm. She must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I was restrained was when Ray J gave me the Youngstown tune-up in the poon, with the poon <laughs> squirt in that sex tape you could purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. dollars <sighs> Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once had her go down to the mound. <laughs> a little baseball, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, A little tonsil boxing. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I uh, fed her a sausage and egg mix stuffing. They're really good with hollandaise <laughs> yeah, sauce. You have it your way, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. there you go. And uh, Kanye? I want to say to this judge, look, judge, you put $200,000 in a vending machine and a can of Coke comes out. Who does the Coke belong to? Me or the vending machine? <laughs> $200,000 a month! <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. It's such an injustice. Such an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Raj from Rock 102. Join the T-Birds for another. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as a New England sports fan, it is part of our nature to assume the very worst out of every single possible situation. When bad things happen, we tend to believe this is the new path we've taken. It's not enough to chalk things up to a temporary hiccup. We think the worst of everything, and while we have been faced with plenty of anecdotal evidence to support that claim, not every crossroad is loaded with flesh-blasting landmines. For example, Last night, the Bruins' 14-game home winning streak came to a screeching halt after losing to Las Vegas at the Garden by a score of 4-3. Now, it would be easy for all of us to assume that the wheels are about to fall off the Bruins' entire season based on this one disastrous, ill-timed loss. Believe me, I feel the same inner struggle, the same temptations, the same impending sense of doom. But let's look at the reality here. The Bruins have lost. Uh, but it took the, the fifth round of a shootout for them to beat us. Secondly, if you're going to lose a game, then lose to the second or third best team in the NHL, which they did. Lose to a crappy team like Columbus or Anaheim, then you've got some explaining to do. It should also be pointed out that even after losing their first home game of the year, it took until December 5th for that to happen. It also be pointed out that even though losing at home sucks beyond comprehension, the Bruins still have the best record in hockey with a record of 20 wins and three losses. Only New Jersey Devils are close, close to the Bruins right now, and the Bruins don't have to face those guys for another 17 days. So let's lighten up, settle down, dust ourselves off. Rather than thinking the worst, let's consider the idea that the next home winning streak can begin next Tuesday against the New York Rangers, who I should point out are fifth in their division. All we have to do now is run the table in this upcoming three-game road trip, and everything will be right back to normal. Now, don't you feel better already? Neither do I, but I'm trying to convince myself that I do, and that's all I can ask for. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Annalise of the Island Pond Rockies loves her power tools. Milwaukee, DeWalt, Craftsman. Rockies will get the best power tool department in town. At every Rockies, good people, rock solid service like Annalise, the power tool expert at the Island Pond Rockies. I'm back. That's my view from the couch.
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 610. And Billy Idol with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be rainy today with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56 and 34 in downtown Springfield. Get a load of today's show because you're not going to believe it. Uh, Barry Krieger will be here. What's bothering Barry? I'm sure he's got a thing or two in his craw. Got a real bee in his bonnet. So we'll be talking to Barry after 8 o'clock. And also later on this morning, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. So there's uh, there's all kinds of new events and things going on around the holidays. And Judy, who is like uh, Mistress Christmas, is going to be uh, in the studio to talk about it. Okay. Uh, did you make that up? Or... <laughs> Because I like that. Mistress, Mistress Christmas. Christmas yeah. I literally just made it up on the spot. Do you think she would be uh, okay with that? I don't know. I mean, it's uh, we can ask her. She might like it. We might want to ask her before we go on the air so she's not put on the spot. Would you uh, mind being called Mistress Christmas? <laughs> uh, I struck a chord yesterday when I was talking about that Cats PSA. The, the the musical Cats. Yeah. Uh, I told you I'd started watching this on Friday night for some god-awful reason. Well, because it was on HBO, I believe. I believe it's HBO. A- anyway, I watched like five minutes of it because I had grown up watching nothing but commercials of Cats. Sure. Go to Cats. Cats. At the Winter Garden Theater. You know, tickets now. And it was on Broadway. And you don't remember uh, these commercials being played. I don't I don't remember the commercials, but I remember the the mania surrounding cats and then I remember seeing cats and right. after like 10 minutes I thought is there a point to this because yeah, it's just about cats. Is it I I really I couldn't get past the, you know, I get past the uh the car throwing the cat into the rest of the cats in yeah. the alleyway and then they start singing and uh, they're Obviously, this is a new kitty that's scared. I really don't understand what the whole thing yeah, is there's about. No, there's no plot. It's just. It's is just, there you know, a plot? I don't believe as much of a plot. It's just cats, cats and singing? different and different cats yeah. singing about whatever. But there's no, there's no actual storyline that you can you can follow or trace. So the one I the one I played for you yesterday was. Uh, let's see if I can. Oh, let's see if I can get this one. YouTube, cats. YouTube. Um, Seatbelt commercial. That's okay. the one that I that I played yesterday, and it was. Uh, oh yeah, this is from the U.S. Department of Transportation. Let's see. There we go. An accident. An accident. An accident. accident. The humans had an accident. There was a child in the car. A child. A child. A child. Cats have nine lives, children only one. Help them live that life. Buckle them into a car seat. No one wants a child to become a memory. Oh, my boy. God. Ah, talk about tugging at the heartstrings right how, there. Huh? How flamboyant. Yeah. I, well, you now, you wouldn't you be inspired to use a car seat for your child no. after hearing that? Actually, as like I said yesterday, I'd be more inspired to wrap my own car around a, uh, like a pole or a tree. I'd be more inspired to rip up my cat's tickets before <laughs> I strap my kid in the car. Now they had another one, this uh, cat's anti-smoking PSA. Okay. Someone is smoking over there. Something we cats would never do. Filling their lungs with thick, dark hair. What a disgusting thing to do. Cats have nine lives with eight to spare. Humans have one. With none to barter. Why do they smoke? Why don't they care? Humans are smart, but cats are smarter. Listen to cats, you men and women. Take care of your lungs. We're only human. 
The American Lung Association, the Christmas Seal people. I feel like I want to smoke a cigarette after watching that whole thing. I want to be one of those guys that has like 100 cigarettes in his mouth yeah. and smokes them all at once. And I want to be that guy. And driving down the highway with the windows closed while my kid is unstrapped in the car, no car seat. <laughs> Take that, you cats! Yeah, it's, you and dumb it's the cats. Cat, it's the cat's fault. Yeah, and then uh, it got me to it got me to you know going down these rabbit holes of all these other uh, PSAs from the eighties and nineties. Right. This was one. I bet you know this one. It's yours. No, I mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys was lost. Of what? Look, Dad, it's where not- did you get it? Answer me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You are right. Oh. I learned it by watching you. No, oh, man. Oh. Who use drugs have children who use drugs. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. That is, uh, that's, uh, that's served up pretty cold to the old man right there. Um, that's like there's a there's a category on Reddit called watch people die inside. That's, <laughs> that's what that, oh, oh man, I. I shouldn't have been smoking that reefer in front of my kid. He now smokes it. Oh, oh, oh God! I should have, I should have cut down on the ketamine before I had that birthday party at the Chuck E. Cheese. I the 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 more I read about this anti-drug thing from the eighties, I, I remember I remember all the commercials. It was a uh, wasn't it Nancy Reagan. Just said no. Just say no. I always said that. she should always have said just say no. Thank you. It's a little bit more you know polite. Yeah. Shame on you, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, right. Hey, where are your manners, lady? But but like that whole thing was just, uh, it really was just a bunch of money being thrown at a campaign. Well, do you do you remember the uh, you know this is uh, you know this is your brain and this is your brain on drugs and it was like uh, you know a pan and then like somebody you know, smashed like an egg in the pan. Yeah. You, you know, I'm sure somebody thought that was effective, but really what it did was. It made everybody hungry for eggs, and that was not uh, that was not effective in in the least, frankly. No, because eggs are delicious, especially after you smoke a big fat uh, reefer and uh, you're hungry. I totally <laughs> you agree. Fry up some eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, going down the rabbit hole, I found a sexist coffee ad from the 1960s. Oh, All right, you ready? Here. Yes. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. That's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. <laughs> you know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plate. Oh! oh! Well, see you later. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So, relax. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. <laughs> hey, great coffee. Candlelight dinner. It's instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. Ooh, it blows the candle. Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Ooh, oh, yeah. all right. Oh, right. Now, Folgers yeah. taste good fresh as fresh perked. perked. Now, that I finished, now that I finished my coffee, why don't you clean this mug? He's a, and the rest of the dishes in this house. Yeah, well, that, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, you know, she's just pleasing him the whole time. Uh, but, yeah, the, 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 there's a whole – this one, uh, the most sexist ad of all time. This is the um, – oh, wait a minute. How do I, you know, Depending. if we only had a producer for this yeah, show. Yeah, I know, huh? 
Uh, this is labeled the most sexist ad of all time. This is a Goodyear Polyglass Tires. Okay. Depending on how you drive and your car's condition, you can get incredible mileage from the Goodyear Custom Wide Tread Polyglass Tire. I've got 32,000 miles on my tires. I've got 41,000 miles on my Polyglass. But Polyglass means more than mileage when your wife has to drive alone. Showing like lights coming at her. And- Detours. Oh my god, the construction! But they're showing how good the tire holds up during the whole thing. Well, it needs to. Yeah. That woman's a menace. Uh, oh, and she's, oh, she's going to the oh, airport! Oh, oh no, no, she almost hit that guy! Ah, Don't walk signs, they're being stop signs. And then she when picks her. When a woman's her. at the wheel, polyglass means more than mileage. <laughs> You know how uh, far we've come as a society? I would rather have my wife drive. Yeah. She's a better driver than I am. Yeah, I'd I'd rather have uh, my significant other drive uh, because uh, I want to get messed up. Well, I don't think that's the whole thing. Sure. But it's not even about getting messed up. It's like, yeah, listen, I'm an old man now. I I got a certain amount of night blindness. I'm not always. you know, totally engaged in what I should be doing behind the wheel. I like texting while I drive. I'd much rather have her drive right. so we can get home and get safe. I, I want to sit in the car and play Candy Crush while somebody else does all the driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There's your sexist uh, commercials and all that other stuff that kind of all all started by the memory of the memory oh, I'm of gonna, cats. I'm gonna. Pound you senseless. <laughs> you keep singing that thing. Maybe, maybe I'll watch another five minutes of that movie when I get home. It's 620 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Happy up. Hey, classic rock. 626 and Nirvana with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. But he did have a gun. He did. Yeah, but he didn't want you to know that. Otherwise, people might have been concerned ahead of time. Yeah, because nothing else that he sang was anything of concern no, to anyone else. No, uh, Rainy today with a high of 54. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 56. It's 34 in downtown Springfield. Barry Krieger is going to be in the studio after 8 o'clock. For those mm. of you who uh, were around last time he was here, uh, it was fascinating. A fascinating deep dive into the man's brain. What makes that dude tick? Another round of what's bothering Barry coming up after 8 o'clock. I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, is he bringing any uh, egg salad or kale soup or a Costco chicken? You know what? Uh, I don't know what he's uh, doing. Maybe he's bringing cotton candy with him. I mean, he doesn't need to. I mean, you know, he seek you do what he wants. It's Barry Krieger. Well, he's got all that cotton candy my sister gave him. I gotta believe he's he's knocked that down already. I don't know. He said he was uh, he was taking it. Um, you know, uh, how do you what do you call that? Uh, like he's just you know measuring and measuring it out to. Uh, what was he doing? Like he's, rationing it out. Rationing, yes. Yeah, rationing. Yeah. yeah. He's rationing out the, the, the... Boy, he's got to make it last. <laughs> you can't just get a box of pop... Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he could probably do it himself. Right. Actually, a perfect good Christmas gift. You should think about this, because yeah. I know you, you and Barry are super close. A cotton candy machine for Barry. No, I'm not buying a cotton candy machine. It's just him. a machine. I mean, it's not a big... You know, it doesn't have to be a big expensive one. Listen, we're, we're, we're friends, but uh, I don't know if we're at the level where I'd buy him a cotton candy machine. What would make that guy happier? A cotton candy machine or a lifetime supply of Costco chickens? I The way I think... The way I'm seeing things turn here, I gotta say the cotton candy. I would say the uh, the Costco chickens. Although he's uh, he's changed his opinion on that. 
We'll have to ask him about it. All right. The Costco well, chicken. Get to the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. It's uh, 628. News is next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first. 631. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102, it's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. It includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Springfield man was arrested in Connecticut on Friday for charges in connection with meeting an underage girl. According to the South Windsor Police, 20-year-old Michael Luciano of Springfield was arrested Friday morning around 6.25 a.m. for an active warrant. He's been charged with risk of injury to a child, illegal sexual contact with a victim under the age of 16, and sexual assault in the second degree. During an investigation in September, Luciano allegedly met a 14-year-old girl online in October of 2021 and had a physical relationship with her for over several months. Luciano turned himself into the police Friday morning and was arraigned in Manchester Superior Court the same day. Uh, a suspect from Springfield has been arrested following a stabbing in an apartment on School Street where the victim has died by Monday morning. According to Ryan Walsh, an investigation by the police homicide unit led to murder charges against 21-year-old Madonia Jones Rodriguez of Springfield. Officers were sent to, to an apartment on the 0100 block of School Street for a report of a stabbing victim. At around 540 on Monday, officers arrested Rodriguez in the apartment and the victim was taken to Bay State Medical Center where he died from his injuries. This is still an ongoing investigation that is being conducted by the Springfield Police Homicide Unit with the Hamden County District Attorney's Office. Um, Two people have been arrested after drugs were found inside of a stolen vehicle early Monday morning. Oh, my God. What a terrible day this was yesterday. Well, hey, you know. Everything bad is happening. No, you know what it is? It's catch-up from the weekend. I guess. Like, all weekend long on the news stations, it's like, oh, we had a fundraiser walk. Oh, there was a tree lighting. Oh, you know, and they go through all this stuff. And then when the real reporters come back to work on Monday, they're like, Dad, did you see this guy got stabbed over the weekend? Mm-hmm. I mean, this drug uh, bust you're talking about, that's the most feel-good, fuzzy, heartwarming story you've done so far. Well, I uh, hate to tell it, uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, I got nothing fuzzy yet. Jesus. Two people, yeah, I guess two, according to Enfield Police, an officer was conducting business patrols overnight at a local hotel when they saw a vehicle running in the parking lot. The vehicle had a misuse of registration plates and was later identified as stolen. The operator of the vehicle allegedly attempted to provide the officer with fake identification, but an investigation revealed the person's real name, who was then discovered to have several active warrants. See, this is what I'm telling you. This is your first fluff piece of the morning. Yeah. The Steve Nagel College of Knowledge uh, would have prevented this man from leaving his car running with no registered plates in a parking lot. I mean, you're drawing attention to yourself. I mean, it seems to be pretty obvious. Uh, the driver, 31-year-old David Gilmartin of Glastonbury, and another person, 26-year-old Gabriella Malloy of West Suffield, uh, were arrested for possession of narcotics with the intent to sell. In total, police seized 28 grams of methamphetamine, 8 grams of powder cocaine, and as well as of various scale and packaging materials. <laughs> it is Christmas time, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. They're both being held on $75,000 bond. How about that? There are currently uh, 21... I love when they do these stories from 22. Like they're they're renewing the sex offender registry. There are currently 21 sex offenders that are living or working in Westfield that have a moderate or high risk to reoffend, according to city data. The Westfield Police Department has released details on a man who is on the level three classification for his yearly registered sex offender list. What do you get the sex offender that has everything? <laughs> 40-year-old Wilfredo Vasquez Jr. 
has been identified has been classified as a level three sex offender by the Massachusetts uh, Registry Offender Registry Board and has several different convictions from 2000 to 2018. Vasquez Jr. was convicted on one count of indecent assault and battery under on a child under 14 years of age in 2000. He has five counts of indecent assault and battery on a person age 14 or older. You ever, you ever go to a Rock 102 event and a listener comes up to you and says, "Hey." Could you give me a shout-out on Tuesday morning? Yeah. <laughs> and it winds up being this guy in the Westfield Sex Offender Registry. Hey, give me a shout-out. I just reapplied to for the Sex Offender Registry. Yeah, like people call up and they want to hear songs for their birthdays. Yeah, right. Uh, like, hey, it's my uh, registry anniversary. Can, Can I get a whoop-whoop? Yeah. Can you play Boom Boom, Out Go the Lights by Pat Travers? <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, you know, you know, the guys in the sex offender registry, you know, the only people they want to know that they're sex offenders are the people they have to report to. They don't yeah. want they don't want that spilled out on the radio. Not that uh, we should be protecting uh, you know these guys uh, by any means. I'm just thinking it's it's just weird to me that it's yeah. it's now a news story. You know, I mean, the people in your neighborhood probably would love to know where you're at <laughs> just right. for the so the, for the welcome wagon. But uh, but it's just weird to me. Well, it, it's very weird, and it's also like, uh, you know, the registry doesn't get updated as often as it should, so when you go buy a gift for that sex offender, <laughs> you show up, somebody else has the same gift. Oh, I I got him chloroform and rags. <laughs> and then he's sitting there going, you can never have enough chloroform and rags, I'll tell you that. I don't know, I got him this, uh, I got him this red, red Roof Inn gift card. He can stay wherever he wants. <laughs> We got two nights at a Red Roof Inn. <laughs> I won it from Rock 102. You ever join a group on on Facebook yeah. and uh, and they set the, a list out of all the you know welcome to all of our new members. This is basically the same kind of thing. Yeah. Welcome to all our new sex offenders yeah. here in the Whip City. Yeah, I I don't know if they have the meeting like that. <laughs> they probably hold that at. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to mention the club because I don't want to get in trouble. A former bank teller was uh, sentenced for stealing more than $64,000 from her employer, Citizens Bank. According to the Justice Department in Boston, 46-year-old Gina Rogers of Tewksbury was sentenced to three years of supervised release to be served in home detention in order to pay restitution of $64,495 to Citizens Bank. While working as a teller and vault custodian at Citizens Bank in Woburn, Rogers stole the $64,000 in bank deposits. She pleaded guilty to bank theft on August 10th. All that money going by you every day. I know. And, you know, it's mostly the money of other people. They'll never miss it. It's all insured, right? Yeah. The thing that gets me is serving the sentence in home detention. I think I'd kind of rather be in a facility. Depends on the home in which you are being detented. Well, that's what I, but you get, I mean, think about all of us going stir crazy during the pandemic when there was nothing to do. Right. Now you're, now there's stuff going on and you can't do a damn thing about it. You could catch up on your stories on TV. I guess you could. I mean, there's gotta be other things you can do. How much Netflix can you watch though? I haven't uh, finished it yet. According to the FBI, an accused polygamist cult leader in Arizona had 20 wives, including underage girls, and one who was possibly his own daughter. Man, you want to talk about a guy who could use a website like Feel Good Shop Local? I don't think he's an eligible candidate. Well, he's out, he's out of the area. It's not going to make much of a difference to him. 
The FP, well, he could, anybody could, you can do that across the country. You want to shop locally here in Western Mass. We probably shouldn't be talking about this. The FBI filed an affidavit in federal court on Friday accusing Samuel Rappy Lee Bateman of transporting minors between Arizona, Utah, Nevada, and Nebraska to engage in illicit sexual conduct. He has not been charged with sexual abuse, according to the Salt Lake Tribune, but was arrested on charges of child abuse. He has been in jail since his arrest. Bateman pleaded not guilty in September to charges of tampering with evidence and attempting to destroy records after he was stopped on a highway and police found young girls inside an enclosed trailer. All right, that's a much worse story than it sounded like. Remember that show? It was a Big Love on uh, Bill with Paxton. With Bill Paxton, yeah. Bill Paxton was in the show. Springfield's very own Chloe Seventy was in there, too. She's from Springfield? Yes. Get out. How come She was never, born here. How come we've never talked to her? I don't know if she's ever really embraced the fact that she's from... Yeah. Western Mass, but yeah, I believe she was uh, she was born here. Yeah, the the details are pretty grim on the on this story. I'll, I'll spare you the details because uh, it sounds like a house of horrors is what this guy was running. Yeah, and they never showed that on Big Love. You know, a, a, as stressful as all the you know the relationships that that guy had, mm-hmm. there was never uh, people being held. Uh, you know, in, in boxes and trailers while he drove a Bentley, you know? No, no. He had, uh, he, Bill Paxson had things worked out a little bit better than that. But yeah, every time I've seen, you know, like stories about, you know, polygamists like you know, that show or Sister Wives, all I can think of is, oh my God, why would this guy put himself in a position to be spread that thin? Yeah. Why would you, why, what's the... What's the benefit here? You know, like, you know, one wife is a, one enough. One wife. That's enough. Is more than enough. What is it? Like Willy Wonka. You get one, and one is enough for anyone. Yes. One everlasting gobstopper of a wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to have uh, five, six, even 20 is this guy. Had. Mm-hmm. 20 different wives. That's 20 different people telling you to take the trash out every day. Crazy. Yes, Chloe Seventy was born in 1974 here in Springfield, but then wound up growing up in Darien, Connecticut. Oh, she escaped and moved. Yes, she moved to a much more affluent area. Uh, you know, we haven't had our company holiday party yet, which is uh, next week. Next week. We're holding it at the Friendlies on uh, <laughs> the closed one, right? But uh, I wish our parties got this crazy. A company Christmas party in northern Michigan went sideways Saturday night after the Grinch had a little too much to drink and then beat up Rudolph. The party was at a hotel in uh, Traverse, is it Traverse City, Michigan? Traverse Traverse City, Traverse City Michigan. A 30-year-old employee to, uh, dressed as the Grinch attacked another 30-year-old employee who was dressed up as a reindeer. Police say the Grinch uh, guy was the aggressor and started throwing punches. The reindeer uh, was just trying to defend himself. It's not clear what led up to the fight, but alcohol was involved. Drink! Drink! Drunk! <laughs> Cops arrested the Grinch for assault. <laughs> did they take the little dog with him, too, to the pound? I'm sure he did. The, the, the dog probably had, like, one of those barrels full of brandy yeah. around its neck. This is a, The companies who allow, like, open bars at a, at a Christmas party... Yeah. Well, They're probably, that's not the smartest idea. We did that one year. The old Jonathan Pascoe's. Remember that that place? No. Good place. Uh, and we had open bar for an hour. Mm-hmm. But there was a delay in the kitchen by almost another hour. And they said, well, you know, because of this, we will, 
give you an extra hour of bar service. Oh, hey. So the whole room got loaded. This was way before my time. Long before you, you. I don't even think you were out of high school yet. Mm. Uh, this was this was back in the nineties. Oh yeah. And it was like one of those things where. You know, we all enjoyed ourselves, and then we said, let's go out and continue the fun. And you continued the fun. Boy, did we continue the fun. I don't even remember where we went. Yeah, see? Maybe the old Tillys, I think. With the, and and why you would go from, like, you know, what is it, South Windsor to, to Springfield, I don't really know. But we did. And boy, was it a good time. Here's the nice thing about not getting messed up like that. You're home and in bed by 9 o'clock. That's why, yeah. uh, and ours is like a lunch. Isn't it a lunch? <clears throat> yeah. It's a lunch, so we're all home by like 3 in the afternoon. Right. Which is, which you know, we're 2 in the afternoon if you're playing it right. Uh, well, I'm usually home by 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm right. actually usually home by 1041. <laughs> I'll, I'll beat you on that one, 1015 for uh, me. Oh, that's right, because you live right down the street. That's right. I got to go through, I got to go through uh, Western Mass to get home to the foothills it. of the Berkshires. But uh, yeah, I can't see uh, anybody getting that uh, crazy at our Christmas party. No, no, not. Uh, I don't think there's anyone on staff that gets that crazy anymore. We got a retirement party to go to on Thursday. Yes. And uh, we were supposed to have the retirement party last week, but then the guy got sick. The very guy who was retired, and he was here yesterday, and I said to him, which I said to you last week, I'm like, listen, we rescheduled this thing for you. You are on thin ice around here. (laughs) One more mix-up, mister, and you're on your ass. Listen, if uh, you don't uh, get yourself in shape by the 31st of this month, you're going to be out the door. Jetson! Retired! <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56. It's 34 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 651 and The Who with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be rainy today with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56. Look, it's uh, 34 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 is bringing you New England Patriot football all season long. Monday, uh, the Patriots are on the road to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. The pregame show begins at 5.30. Kickoff scheduled for 8.15. Join Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak as they bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. The following week, the Patriots were scheduled to be uh, playing uh, the the Raiders on the 18th. That game is moving from 8.20 on uh, Sunday night to now a 4.05 game. Uh, the NFL announced that yesterday, so uh, put that on your calendar. I will put it on my calendar. Yeah, because if you are interested in watching the Patriots play the Raiders, and I cannot imagine why you would be, now that game is a few hours earlier. So All right. Just be, you know, be aware. Looking forward to that. Uh-huh. Uh Lots of pranks going around online these days. The latest one that's making the rounds on social media involves hanging out in a parking lot and surrounding someone's car with shopping carts while they're inside a store and then filming their reaction. Hilarious. Uh, sort of, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, I can, it's a harmless prank, but it's, you know, you're inconveniencing somebody. Recently, it happened to a woman in Oklahoma named uh, Henrietta Love. Ooh, I like that. I like that, too. That sounds like a porn star. Yeah. Uh, After she dropped into a Walmart to pick up a few things, she said she was scared when she came out because she didn't understand what's happening. See, that's the thing that you got to worry about. You know, it's not about, oh, my God, what happened to my car? Uh, Oh, it must be some 
funny pranksters going around. It's like, oh, my God, who's stalking me? Who is doing that to me? Right. Uh, A couple of guys were there, and they pranked her again by claiming that they worked at the store and that a manager named Dave told them to do it. She ran inside to find Dave, but he didn't exist. (laughs) Henrietta went on the uh, local news to share her frustration with the stunt and to warn copycats that if you do something like this to the wrong person, there could be trouble. She added, quote, I wish they would just go get a real job. It's like, you know, I, 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 I've seen a lot of internet pranks that you always wonder whether these are set up or, you know, or, or real. Yeah. I would think that, like, for the most part, on the TikToks, it's usually a setup. But every now and then you see when you go, no, this, that, that is a true gut reaction. A my, good one, too. My, uh, my youngest was watching something on YouTube with these kids. They're like, they're like teenagers, probably 15 or 16, and they go to, like, they went this this particular video. They went to a Target. They had to get kicked out of places, right? And uh, they went to a Target and built a fort out of all the paper towels. And it's all staged. You could t- you can totally tell that they had permission to go because there's too much production to it, right? Like it's not like a hidden camera. It's like people with there's multiple cameras around. And these kids are acting like uh, doofuses, going, oh, "I'm gonna have to get my ex-girlfriend's name tattooed on me if we don't." If, you know, we have. It was like, how many places can we get kicked out of? And if we get kicked out of all of them, then you have to have your ex-girlfriend's name tattooed on you. And of course, the guy puts it on the heel of his foot, the yeah. tattoo, because right. they've gotten kicked out of every place. But you can tell that the people, like the Target employee, was was acting. Yeah, you know, he wasn't really into it. He yeah. really just wanted to get this over with and finish his shift to Target and get away from these douchebags that he was dealing with during the store all day. Right. We were right. we were watching. Um, I forgot the the name of it. Apparently, this guy's got his own OnlyFans uh, page, yeah. but he also posts his stuff on other social medias, like you know, like uh, you know, Instagram Reels and stuff. Yeah. And he's a guy who uh, decided to move in, you know, back in with his parents. And he pranks his mom all the time, and his mom just gets more furious and furious. Like, she had been watching the Dahmer miniseries, yeah, and she just she couldn't watch the thing. She was right. just totally freaked out by it. So he wanted to see what her reaction would be if he started acting like Jeffrey Dahmer for like three or four days. So he's doing everything like you know using power tools in the next room. He's got uh, he's sleeping with a mannequin, you know. He's right. uh, he's got. You know, roadkill buried under the house yeah, and yeah, in the yeah. fridge, and yeah. the mom's just going ballistic. And it's the kind of uh, shock and anger and disgust that can only happen with a true reaction, kind of like the way the old uh, uh, Tom Green show used I was to be. Ju- I was just going to say, it, it, Tom Green was kind of like the pioneer of all that Totally. Stuff. This guy yeah. was like very, very much like... Like Tom Green, and his, his mom would just go so, like, Anthony, you're so disgusting. And then, like, why are you right. sleeping with a mannequin? Was it Tom Green brought in a dead cow head and put it in his parents' <laughs> bed while they were sleeping? And I just remember watching that as a younger person going, God, I wouldn't even do something like As mad as I would be at my parents at yeah. times, I would never do something like that. <laughs> I'm surprised he did I, I think they must have been in on that. They, well, they, they had they well, one they would have had to have agreed to be on that show, right? Because you would have, have to sign a, a, a release, even form. if it's your parents. Yes, right. 
I, you know, that was the um, the thing I used to ruin uh, for my, my late wife. I used to ruin TV shows for her because she was, we when she was pregnant with uh, my oldest, we st- we watched we started watching a lot of more TV because you don't go out anymore after that. You're just like sitting around watching TV. Well, shows. You're, you're pretty much done trying to impress her now. And it was that it was the show. I think it was. It was like tow. It was a towing show. It was a re- oh Operation Repo was the name of the show, and it followed this like tow company around, right? And they would repossess vehicles. And the more I watched this show, I'm like, this is fake. This has got to be fake because there's no way that somebody would agree to be on camera during their hardest time of their life while they're getting their their possessions ripped <laughs> back from them from the bank because they couldn't afford the bill, and. The, I started doing some research on it, and then they show this clip of this Operation Repo show where these guys are going into uh, repo a jet ski, and, okay. they, and they drive into this like creek area where you know, and there's a house that's like half built, like the facade of the house is half built, right? But then this YouTube video splits the screen, and it shows the exact same set of the Jackass movie. That they did one of their stunts at, so it was a movie set. The right. whole thing w- was fake, and then and that's when, that's when I said, "Hey, you know what? This whole thing is fake," and I completely ruined it. <laughs> we never watched that show ever again because you could tell, you could tell people were being way too dramatic by their. Uh, I'm sure they were real stories. Yeah, I'm not denying that, but you, there's no way you're going to get people to sign off on a. On a, uh, a release form, yeah, to be abused to, by that, yeah, yeah, because you have to do that in order to be on TV. But what a what a bunch of crap TV that we have out there. It's six fifty nine with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? When I turned forty years old just sixteen years ago, I was able to conclude that the professional baseball career that I had been dreaming of my entire life was probably not going to happen. One, I was forty years old at the time. Two. I had no talent. And three, scouts were mostly interested in signing younger dudes who had athletic ability, agility, and quantifiable skills. Suddenly, I felt boxed out. Today, however, there is hope for the everyday 40-year-old man as baseball teams have apparently done away with all that stuff called logic. Yesterday, the New York Mets signed Houston Astros pitcher Justin Verlander to a two-year contract. Verlander who had just won the World Series with the Astros and won his third Cy Young Award, will be turning 40 in February just as pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report to spring training. How much did the Mets pay to get this guy? Considering he is among the best pitchers in all of baseball, he was able to land a two-year deal worth a reported $86.6 million. After performing some very complicated mathematical computations, that works out to approximately $43.3 $0.33 million per season. Verlander also has an additional option year that would pay him $35 million in 2025. This new contract equals what the Mets are currently paying Max Scherzer, who is also making $43.33 million per year. Between those two guys, the Mets will be paying as much as Miami, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Baltimore spent on their entire roster last year. Folks, do you have any idea how much money $43.33 million works out to be per week? It works out to a weekly paycheck of $832,692 per week. 
Based upon a 40-hour work week, that winds up being an hourly wage of $20,817.30 per week. Of course, after various deductions and withholding, it's hard to tell what their take-home pay looks like, but I'm going to assume it looks a little bit better than mine. Of course, at 40 years old, neither Verlander or Scherzer are going to be spending it on fast cars or fast women. They're going to be spending it on things like comfortable shoes and compression socks. They'll be spending it on fiber supplements and extra calcium for their osteoporosis because that's what old men do with their money. At least it was in my house 16 years ago, and it doesn't get any better. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Watch this little piece of plastic turn into a Weber grill. Now that's holiday magic. A Rockies gift card magically turns into Craftsman air compressors, an Aaron snowblower, a Yeti travel mug. Spread the magic. Give a gift card from your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 713 and Stevie Nicks. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rainy and 54 today. Rainy and 56 tomorrow. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. Got Barry Krieger coming up next hour. That's very exciting. Along with Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. Equally as exciting. Damn, the, that's a jam-packed hour you're right damn there. Right, you're, you're damn right. All right. Trying to say. So in the meantime, we can do Am I the A-Hole. I'm ready for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll start with, uh, oh, this one. Am I the a-hole for not allowing my sister to make her kids food at my house during our Christmas party? I come from a broken home, so we have Christmas with my mom's side on the first weekend of December. I, 44 male, hosted. Usually my sister and I switch off hosting duties. My sister has two daughters who are incredibly picky eaters at 18 and 15 years old. Okay. My sister would come to family parties with a box of pasta and a bag of frozen chicken tenders that she would make for her daughters. I want to know if I'm the a-hole for what I did here. I knew uh, that uh, that is her drill with them, but I've always found it to be more annoying, especially when I'm trying to cook and she's taking up space making pasta and chicken tenders. This year I told my wife I will not be letting my sister in the kitchen this year, and the girls will have the choice of eating what I prepared or not eating at all. My sister accused me of being a cynic and getting joy from watching the girls be uncomfortable. I told her they are old enough to eat like adults. Also, the food I make is pretty standard. I do a filet roast, barbecue ribs, cheesy potatoes, stuffed artichoke, breaded cauliflower, ratatouille, ratatouille, and a salad. I want to go to this guy's house. No kidding. Certainly, some of these foods must uh, certainly some of these must be foods that eighteen and fifteen year olds should be able to eat. Well, the girls sat and ate bread and butter while telling me that my food looked gross. I looked at my sister to calm them down, but she told me I deserved this and it's not their fault for being picky eaters. I know I could have just let my sister do her thing, but it was the principle of the situation. I'm not sure if I was being a petty a-hole or if I had a legitimate uh, reason to be upset. There are no medical conditions or food allergies among these kids, by the way. That's what he wanted to tell everybody they're just, to know. They're just fussy. He also, uh, this is another edit, I made it clear to my sister in advance that I would not be allowing this. She decided not to listen. Also, I did not anticipate this blow up. I'm willing to compromise if the girls really won't try new things. My sister can make their food at home and then bring it to the party. <sighs> See, that's, you know what? I would agree with that. I'm doing a bunch of cooking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. There's no space to for you to be coming in here and taking 20 minutes of my 400-degree uh, oven and cooking chicken tenders and french fries. Agreed. 
So, or pasta or whatever the hell you're going to use, whatever you're going to cook. Um, I think they're both a-holes. You know, I, uh, I think you're right, but I think the biggest of the a-holes in this situation, mm-hmm. and I may catch a little bit of uh, heat for this, I want to say it's the kids. Yeah. The and, ones- then, and then secondly, I'm going to say it's the parent who has indulged them this kind of behavior. Well, when you consistently cater to somebody with their menu choices, yes, you're kind of encouraging that kind of behavior. And what kind of person lets their kids sit there and, and no manners by saying, oh, your food looks gross. How about, hey, thanks for inviting us over. I'm sorry, I just can't eat that kind of thing. See, now that's the telltale <laughs> yeah. moment when the kid says, ooh, everything that you've worked for for like the last two days to prepare for this beautiful meal looks gross. There's something about their the lack of uh, uh, manners, the lack of consideration, which yeah. is usually taught or not taught by the parent involved. Right. You know, I mean, if it's my house uh, and I'm the host... I got to tell you, uh, <clears throat> everybody else is going to have to eat when I'm eating, and they're not bringing their own food. It's not a potluck. No. Or maybe the solution is a potluck. Yeah. So maybe that's what you should be doing from now on. Could be. Uh, I just, uh, <clears throat> the, the kids uh, telling the guy the food looks gross is the thing that's really bothering me about this whole situation here. You know, I think... It would be important for you as a parent to teach your kids that even if you don't like what's being served, the very least you could do out of courtesy and consideration to the host is to at least try something on that menu. Well, they did. They had bread and butter. Then guess what? Then bread and butter it is. Yeah. But at least out of consideration, you know. Eat what's being yeah. served to you. I mean, I, I mean, if I go to someone's house and they serve me things I don't like, let, let's say it's like you know maple syrup and beets, like the two things I'm not really crazy about. Yeah, I will eat it to be polite. That's what I would do. I may not like it, but I will lie right to your face and say, "Oh, this is all delicious." I, I get the whole picky kid thing. Uh, my kids were picky for years. You know, you try to make dinners, and they're like, "Oh, I don't, don't want to try any of that." Right. And it, but now they're like, you know, as they become teenagers, they're starting to say, "Oh, actually, that tastes pretty good." Or you know, "I'm glad you made this," because it's kind of reintroducing things to them. But they would never go over to somebody's house and go, Bleh! "Oh, God, that looks disgusting." Yeah, that's just rude. They have manners. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. rude thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I I think. Uh, the I'm, kids followed by their parents. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's another one. Am I the a hole for telling my wife the cat is still her responsibility even if she is pregnant? Is this the guy who wrote the Goodyear commercial? <laughs> my wife, 28, and I, 36, are expecting our first baby. Three years ago, my wife decided she desperately wanted a cat. I hate cats and all animals in the house, so I was really against it. She wouldn't stop talking about it. So we finally made a deal that she could get a cat, but it was her responsibility, and I would have nothing to do with it, uh, and she agreed. She stuck to her word, and I stuck to mine, mostly ignoring the cat. Now she's pregnant and asked me if I can scoop the litter until she can give birth because of toxoplasmosis. 
Uh, but I looked it up, and as long as she wears gloves and washes her hands, she should be good. <laughs> so I told her, absolutely not. She wasn't happy, but I reminded her of our agreement when we got the cat. I told her it was her uh, responsibility. And if she didn't want to take care of it anymore with the new baby coming, we can get rid of it and find it a new home. She said no and has been scooping the litter. Her sister was over and saw her doing this and flipped out on me, telling me how dangerous that is. But, of course, her sister is going to be on her side and overreact. I never wanted the cat, so I don't see how I'm wrong. Yeah, dude, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Wait wait till you see the kind of things you'll be required to do when the baby arrives. Yeah. If you, th- if you think scooping out a cat box is terrible, wait until you have to change a diaper genie. Yes, but he's welcoming the child. He's not welcoming the cat. He's not making an agreement with the wife going, hey, you wanted this thing. You're going to have to take care of it. But he but he fails to see that, you know, this is about her pregnancy. You know, once the baby comes, then, you know, she might be more more willing to go back to changing the cat box. See, I would do it. I would take care of the cat box. Yes. But I would bitch about it every single time. Well, that's fine. And I would let her know. But how that, much this bothers me. Yeah, well, that would be fine, but that's not the same as a flat-out refusal to do it and say, well, you're, you're other than the pregnancy, you're perfectly capable of putting your hands into you know, filthy, bacteria-ridden kitty litter. You know, I, 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 mean, I, would, I would change the box, like you, begrudgingly, but I would do it. Cat, cat boxes are so disgusting. You know, every now and then, my wife will say, should we get a cat? And I'm thinking... You know what? Uh, I had two cats for a long, long time, and uh, apparently I was the only one who knew how to uh, qualify to change the cat box. So uh, I'm all done with a cat box. I don't. I don't really. I don't want cats anymore. I don't want a cat box anymore. That's. I'm done with it. But if we ever got a cat, yeah, it would have to be a shared responsibility. I could not yeah, do it I myself. Know. I. Uh, I could not. You know, my kids have asked me. I already got a guinea pig in the house. I don't need a cat. I don't. You know, that's the. We get a cat, and I'm like, no, we have a dog, who I can't even control. Right, and we have a uh, we have a guinea pig that uh, stinks, that needs to be ch- like cleaned every day, you know. So I'm not uh, I'm not cleaning out a cat box no. either. That's I'm not adding that to the mix of the craziness. It's too much. It's too much because I would be the one cleaning the box out all the time. Of course you would. They would say. Yeah, we'll get the, we'll clean the box every single day as long yeah, as we can get the cat. Yeah, and then like a, like a week and a half later, you get the cat, and no one's cleaning the cat box but you. Yeah, I'm not. That's not that's not my that's not my gig. Not my gig. Yeah. I don't want you. Don't bring that into your life. You sh- this guy should have never agreed to this cat to begin with. Uh, yes, but now that the baby's on its way. Suck it up, Mister, and yeah. change that box. I'll be like, oh, you want this damn cat, huh? Huh? Like, yes. I, like I've never understood. Like, you know, occasionally you'll hear a guy, a dad of a, of a baby, you know, for whatever reason, you know, announce proudly, "Oh, I've never changed a diaper in my life." Well, dude, uh, learn. Go ahead and do that because you should be changing diapers too. Yeah. I, I've never understood that kind of. I refuse to change a diaper as a father, dude. Uh, change a diaper. I was uh, I was told uh, by my wife uh, to act when you're changing the diaper, act like you're at a Jiffy Loop. 
<laughs> so what I would do is I would open up the dirty diaper, look at it, put the dirty diaper back on, and just give her an invoice for 50 bucks and tell her I already did the diaper change. <laughs> See you back here another three thousand uh, yeah, miles. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you back here in three months. <laughs> it's seven twenty-four with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. Hey, come on, Facebook. It's seven twenty-seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. Uh, it's gonna be rainy today with a high of fifty-four. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of fifty-six. Thirty-four right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, if you missed any part of uh, the Bax and Nagel show, check out the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. That way. Uh, you can uh, listen to the show whenever it's convenient for you, not necessarily when it's convenient for us to give the show to you live. A lot of people listen to uh, to the podcast. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, Dirty Walter Kibbe from the band Fishbone. Guy rarely grants interviews, and uh, for whatever reason, he agreed to join him to have me interview him. And uh, pretty interesting stuff. You can check that out on rock102.com. You know what's cool about those podcasts is that uh, people will listen to the show like days later or even weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I'll get message emails from listeners saying, hey, uh, I know that you did this like three weeks ago, but I wanted to chime in uh, uh, on that thing. So it kind of rekindles the conversation. I like that. I you, know like that. you know what's uh, crazy uh, about the podcast? What? You have any idea how many times it's been listened to this year alone since since January 1st? How many times? Almost 1.3 million times. Really? Think about that. Hmm. 1.3 million times the podcasts have been listened to. Amazing. I think, I think that .3 was probably a group of people who, uh, like watching a NASCAR race. When's the accident going to happen? <laughs> Well, in the last yeah. uh, 11 and a half months, you've had plenty of train wrecks happen yes, along the, the way. But thankfully, the firefighters came with the jaws of life and pulled us out of the wreckage. <laughs> and now we're driving a brand new Mercury Cougar. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a Pinto, you know, yeah, one that could yeah. easily explode on an, on an impact. A Granada. Ooh, even better. Yeah, even better. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. It's 7.32. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Springfield man is in custody for allegedly attempting to break into a house in Longmeadow last night. Around 7.30 p.m., officers responded to Longmeadow Street, where homeowners provided security video of the suspect. Two officers then saw the suspect walking out of the woods near the home and arrested him. Raul Rosario, 31, is charged with attempting to break in, entering into a residence, assault and battery on a police officer, resisting arrest, and malicious damage to property. <sighs> Steve Nagel, College of Knowledge. One of the classes is, uh, if you attempt to break into a home, do not emerge from the woods where the police have shown up to answer that call. Yes, there are. If I'm not mistaken, I believe there are other places you can go. Well, you, what are you doing over there? Oh, I'm just uh, taking a walk in the woods. In December, <laughs> at night, at night, without any lighting. Yeah, well, I have my my phone, my phone flashlight. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, but uh, people are kind of dumb. No, you're you're talking about. Uh, Longmeadow here, and, you're, and and for the most part, you're talking about the Longmeadow historical district. Yeah, you know, you got all those houses with the you know the historical insignia yeah. on it, the the star or whatever it is. Don't you think that if you owned one of those homes, 
you probably had some sort of security system in that home so that you know ruffians the uh, rapscallions and uh and scoff laws would be unable to break in and steal your things yeah see as as someone who is uh, maybe desperate to steal stuff that might be a neighborhood i would try to avoid as tempting as it might be yeah i'm going to guess that if i try to break into that home i'm getting caught only the steve nagel college of knowledge could teach me that kind of information yeah you want to rob a place uh, you go uh with uh People that don't have a lot of security on their homes. <laughs> Go yeah. to the most insecure town right. in the area. Yeah. Uh, after uh, two separate incidents at Chickabee Comprehensive High School football games this year, including a gun drawn in the stands on Thanksgiving Day, city leaders are developing a plan to improve safety measures moving forward. Western Mass News has learned uh, a meeting was held in Chicopee last week, and on Monday they spoke to an athletic director in neighboring Springfield who constantly oversees high-profile football games. They talked about what security measures they have in place. It's an urban district, and they face a lot of the similar challenges that we do in Springfield. So we do see events that happened at the uh, sword game uh, were pretty disappointing, said the Pub Springfield Public Schools Athletic Director Dwayne Early. A scary scene broke out at the sword game, the annual Chickabee High versus Chickabee Comp high school football game held on Thanksgiving where two 19-year-olds were arrested after a gun was drawn. That incident came just weeks after police investigated a fight between a 12-year-old and two 16-year-olds. Uh. We don't allow any bags into our facility, Early told us. We make sure everyone is wanded. He knows a thing or two about security for high-profile events in Western Mass. You know, I guess you have to do this, but... How sad is that, that you can't go to a football game for well, high school without having to be sh- shaken down for contraband? You know, the, the sick part about it is, okay, you, you, can, you say, well, these are urban areas. You have to expect that. But this kind of stupidity also happens in suburban schools, too. Well, yeah. Where kids are bringing, you know, weapons in because they got to settle a score and, you know, the football game's the best place to do it. It, you're right. It's sad that you have to have that kind of consideration, but it needs to be done at every game every, in every school. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's true. Well, uh, I know at Long Middle High School, they uh, banned you from saying, could you please pass the jelly when everybody else is calling it Palaner All Fruit? Do you Could remember, you please pass the jelly? Do you remember uh, back in, uh, it was like 1999, the problem that Long Meadow had when they found out that their salsa was being made in New York City? Oh, get a rope. That's oh. what he used to say. <laughs> New York City, get a rope. Says here, old El Paso. I love those commercials. Yeah, those are good stuff. Yeah. See, we don't have, we don't, we don't see those kinds of things anymore because most commercials are either like, in the beginning of a video that you're going to skip through anyway. Mm-hmm. We, this this whole generation doesn't know anything about advertisements. You're like uh, the the Wendy's wears the beef commercial. One of the most the most I don't know maybe the the the, the, the most notable you know burger yeah. joint commercial of all time. You show a kid today that commercial, yeah, they'll sit there and go, I, I, I don't get it. Where's the beef? Get, where's the beef? Well, yeah, that's like well, such a great spot, such a great ad. It was like iconic. I don't, I, I don't get it. Why are we watching commercials? Yeah, what is this all about? Don't we? Uh, don't we usually pay the Hulu premium so we don't have to watch what? those? Wendy's has moved on to uh, roasting people. 
That's what they do on their on their corporate website. Yes. They roast other people. Which is kind of like uh I don't know. I mean Wendy's is okay. Listen, as long as you're making chili out of burgers you can't sell, you should not be roasting anybody. Well, you know that that that's a cost-saving measure. I know it you is. You take those burgers and you, and I don't see anything wrong with that. Making chili out of something that you that you had left over. It's making nothing. It's making something out of nothing at all. Making love out of nothing at That's all. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, new information has come to light about uh, a past robbery by the man the FBI has now dubbed the Route 91 Bandit. 30-year-old Taylor Dizek was taken into custody last week for allegedly robbing more than a dozen banks across four New England states. Western Mass News captured video of the FBI raiding Dizek's house in Chicopee last week. That's when they didn't know what was going on. Hey, what's going on in there? Nunya. What is Nunya? Nunya business. Now get the hell out of here. That's what the FBI agent said. <laughs> now he's accused of robbing 14 banks along uh, I-91 in Connecticut, Western Mass, Vermont, and New Hampshire. However, this recent string of robberies is not the first time Dizek has had a run-in with the police. In 2006, Dizek was sentenced to three years in state prison after he pleaded guilty to four counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon for assaulting four separate people with a knife and one count of armed and uh, masked robbery for stealing drugs from someone. In January of 2017, he was arrested and tried for larceny over $250 after he was seen stealing tools from Bone Deep Throat in West Springfield. He served a year of jail time for that crime. Was he doing something hey, uh, I got like, a, like a home project in which uh, Bone Deep Throat mismeasured the uh, the area? I got robbed at a Bone Deep Throat, and nobody got, <laughs> nobody got arrested for that. Uh, well, that wasn't a felony. And then they say they learn. Assistant uh, Northwestern DA Matthew Thomas told Western Mass News that on March 11th of 2015, Dizek wore a mask and demanded more money from the teller. This was another uh, East Hampton Savings Bank robbery back in 2015. So they found another bank that he had robbed way back then. Right. Uh, he went into the bank. He had a mask on, demanded money from the teller, and made off with essentially bundles of cash, the assistant DA told us. She was very upset by this. I think she left that job ultimately. She was very upset by it. She had a really hard time with it. I can imagine uh, being in that job of being either a clerk at a convenience store or even a bank teller. When somebody threatens your life, that they're going to kill you if you don't give, if you don't give them the money, yeah. even if the person didn't have a weapon. That's still like. I wouldn't want to go back to doing that again. No, to, I to wouldn't being either. behind that counter because you're thinking every person that comes up to you is going to do the same thing. What you got there is the, the start of a post-traumatic stress reaction. Yeah. Because, yeah. because I mean, everything you do triggers this, you know, this idea, right. you know. Uh, the title of one of Taylor Swift's biggest songs is sort of perfect for her fans' feelings about Ticketmaster. Bad blood. Oh, you see what they did there? I think. More than two dozen Swifties, uh, as her fans are known, are suing the ticketing giant and its parent company, Live Nation. They said Ticketmaster broke antitrust and other laws and is now infamously chaotic sales process for Swift's Eras Tour. The suit alleges the company is engaged in anti-competitive practices, charging higher prices on fans in the pre-sale and resale of the market. Didn't you predict this, that this would happen? Yeah. That Taylor Swift would be the one to kind of... Be the tipping point for this whole Ticketmaster. Well, you know, once the story came out that you were talking about, you know, twenty thousand dollars per ticket. You know, the only there's only a handful of artists that have maybe the power to influence 
something like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about how long it took for her music to be available on Spotify because she didn't because she felt like, you know, they're it's basically like giving your music away for free with uh, with very little. I mean, they had to negotiate in order to get her music on Spotify. Right. It's the same thing here. She's one of the very few people who's savvy and powerful enough to make some changes. And you know what? To be honest, something needs to happen. I mean, this is this is a ridiculous situation that uh, that Ticketmaster has created for itself. Swifties want the companies to fork over a $2,500 penalty for each violation, which could be expensive based on the millions of angered fans who did not get tickets. Yes. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to get rich off this. This is going to be a class action lawsuit, and uh, you know, lawyers are going to soak up most of that money, and everybody will get a check for forty-seven bucks. Right, but like you said, if you're one of these idiots that actually spent that kind of money to get those tickets, mm-hmm. shame on you. You're all, you're only I, you're only for you're feeding the monster. And I've said that from the beginning. Absolutely, if you are even willing to shell out more than let's say two hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket. You're an idiot. You really are. I mean, there's there's nobody on this earth that is worth paying that much money to see. Nobody. No, of course not. Uh, well, I mean, no, there isn't actually. No, no, there isn't at all. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it's going to be rainy with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aw, yeah. Joe's a nice guy. Even so, Joe knows you'd rather not see him anytime soon. With Max and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 54. Uh, Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56. It's 34 in downtown Springfield. Uh, Barry Krieger is in the parking lot. Oh, that's his car right there? Uh, yeah, well, just, uh, Barry, stay in the car. Yeah, just stay would... in the car until we, we can get the handler yeah. to come get you. Let us, uh, <laughs> we'll send our producer up. Uh, join the Rock 1-2 Road Crew at the Longview RV uh, store in Windsor Locks for their Toys for Tots Stuff and RV event this Saturday from 9.30 to 11.30. Longview RV of accepting new and unwrapped toys at their service and sales center until December 10th, which is uh, just a couple days away from today. Saturday, they'll be hosting a Stuff the RV event from 9 to 11.30, and Santa will be on hand. Actual Santa taking a break from whatever Santa does on the 6th of, uh, on the, uh, on the, <laughs> on, sa- on Saturday. Uh, bring your new unwrapped toy to Longview RV, 27 Lawn Acre Road in Windsor Lock, Saturday from 9.30 to 11.30, and support Toys for Tots with Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. What time is that? It uh, says here, uh, Windsor Locks. Windsor Locks? I yes. bet you it's probably uh, Santa's uh, having a couple of cocktails in between. I don't know that. In between events. I would. Uh, hey, you ready? I am ready. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Oy. Do you ever have a pen pal? Well, I mean, you know, we had to write pen pal letters in grade school. Yeah. I don't think I ever get a letter back, though. Uh, Pen pals of nearly 84 years recently celebrated their 100th birthdays together with their first video call. No kidding. Yeah. On top of that, the two friends are an ocean apart. One lives in Texas and the other one lives in London. Here's a little piece of the birthday conversation that Celestia Byrne and Jeff Banks had over Zoom. It's nice to hear your voice. Yes, you look very well, and you 
Still got getting out for walks. Well, so long as so long as it's a seat nearby where I can plop. <laughs> Keep the emails flowing. And then one of them died. No, no, I'm just come kidding. on, stop, nah, come on. Uh, can you imagine that? But they, but they never actually met. They never even saw each other until this uh, Zoom thing. One really? Of their grandkids said, "Hey, you know what? Let's set up this uh, Zoom thing between uh, Grandpa and uh, his uh, pen pal." Now, I would think after 84 years of of uh, this kind of correspondence yeah. that it must have turned nasty at one point. Yeah, Don't probably. you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know. An angry letter. Dear Mildred, what are you wearing? You know, like one of those kinds of things. I cannot believe you would ask me something like that. We are not pen pals anymore. Yeah, see, we were pen pals for a little while, and we weren't uh, when he got frisky, and and, uh, he was married, and he was uh, sending me all these love letters. (sighs) It's a long time to be writing letters. Who writes letters anymore? Well. And what is is she, let's say one of them does die, okay? She going to go over to the mailbox every day waiting for his next letter? No, it's sad. That's a good point that you brought up. Who does write letters anymore? You know, with all this technology. Uh, do you really sit there and write things out with a pen? I mean, I can see a computer. But, no, uh, I I, re- I rarely grab a pen unless I'm writing myself a note. And even then, my penmanship has gone down the tubes because what do I even what do I need a pen for? Yeah, you what know, I'm not, not hardly writing anything anymore. No, you you need a pen to write down maybe uh, certain things. Yeah, I'm writing down yeah. notes for things I want to put into an email or a document later on. But even like if I have to write down measurements for something or like, uh, you know, my car tires to figure out what size they are when I go get an estimate on them. Right. All I do is uh, take a picture. You just take a picture <laughs> with your phone and you have all the information too. there. Uh, clip number two. Uh Tampa Police Chief Mary O'Connor has resigned after getting out of a traffic ticket by telling the deputy that pulled her over that she was, in fact, the chief of police. Here's the interaction between former Police Chief Mary O'Connor and the deputy that pulled her over. Stops you because you're driving an unregistered vehicle with no tag on it. Is your camera on? It is. I'm the police chief in Tampa. Oh, Oh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. I'm hoping that you'll just let us go tonight. Not to say I, I, you look familiar, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I do. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, have a good night. So All right, take care. Oh. All right, no worries. No worries. It was nice meeting you. All right. <laughs> you ever need anything, call me. Appreciate oh. that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. You're welcome, sir. So. Thank you for your service. Thank you for yours. Thank you. So, take care. Now, had she had gone to the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge, she would have known <laughs> that uh, as uh, being a person who's a chief of police. Yes. Wouldn't you know that they all wear body cams and all of this stuff is being recorded and all of this stuff is Freedom of Information Act oh, that yeah. you can go that somebody can go pull up? Because I bet you what happened is this guy lets her off, uh, going, I I've never seen a problem with that. With which part? With the, the get like, she she was a passenger in a golf cart. That, that this wasn't a car. She was in a golf cart riding with some guy, and he's driving the cart with unregistered, you know, because you got to register these things down in Florida. Right. I don't really see a problem with uh, if you're the chief of police, uh, you should be able to get out of a traffic ticket. That's the whole thing. I told you about that time we we drove to to, to near Mansfield with the guy who was the cop, and he's driving sixty five miles an hour. It's like, dude, come on, step on it, let's go. Stephen, Stephen, 
Stephen. I don't care who you think you are, but you are never okay. above the law. Why did you get into this business? Me? Yeah. What did you What did you want to get out of this particular oh, business? Well, I mean, I got into this business for the reason everybody else got into this business because of a shocking lack of skills in any other in any other walk of life. Yes, but wasn't the uh, you know when I got into it, it was like, oh, hey, you get free tickets to this and you get uh, movie passes, and you know that was in the heyday when mm. they had all that stuff to give away. <laughs> now, right. now we're lucky if we get Deerfield Craft Fair tickets. But uh, wait know, a minute. We got Deerfield Craft Fair tickets to give away? <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing. But but that's the whole point of getting into a job like that where you'd want those perks. <laughs> to get out of legal jobs. Well, if you're a cop, you should be able to get I, out of a, a traffic violation. I'm not talking about a violent crime. I'm talking about, you know, you okay. get the, your taillights out on your golf cart. Who would have ever thought that a golf cart would have taken you down? <laughs> that's That's the thing that you really got to think about. Like of all the vehicles you could that could have yeah. taken you down, well, you somebody, got taken down by a golf cart. As two guys who have been in a three cart pileup, yeah, <laughs> on a on a certain uh, municipal course, you, uh, know, you never know. You got one more. You ready for I'm one ready. more? All yes. right. Stores are uh, beginning to install beer and alcohol refrigerators that force you to scan your ID in order to open the door. Here's TikToker. Somebody Jenkins going through the process of opening one of these uh, beer refrigerators. So I never seen this. Check it. These doors don't open. None of the liquor. Put your ID and press scan. It starts scanning your ID. Once it's done scanning, it says what door? I want the Bud Light door. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing this. How easy it is for a kid to go grab somebody else's ID and hold it up to the door. That doesn't seem like That's this is responsible at all. Not really a fail-safe process. Are you still being ID'd when you bring the the can to the clerk at the front? I mean, I, I'm guessing this is like a convenience store that has beer and, you know, other things other than liquor. I don't know. I mean, are you are you paying for it at this refrigerated no, section? No, you're just holding your ID up to. It's kind of like the lottery machines in the grocery stores. The lottery machines in the grocery stores. You want to buy a scratch ticket of those? You got to put your ID up to it. See, I I still think the uh, I still think the guy behind the register is the is the is the better judge of whether or not that's a valid ID. Yeah, but this is just eliminating. It's trying to eliminate more people than what is necessary. Yeah, I know, but I mean. The ID doesn't necessarily say this is the person who's grabbing the beer. You know what? Let's pick this conversation up at a different time because I have something to add to this. Maybe maybe tomorrow. Okay. Fair enough. It's uh, it's now here this, and that's Bax and Nagel at 759 at Rock 102. 12 in the cars with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is going to be rainy later today with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 56. It's 38 in downtown Springfield. What a, uh, what a sheer delight to welcome a broadcasting legend back to rock 102 barry krieger is in the studio it's good to see you so good to see you it's always good to see you my friends yes yeah there yes. you go i like the way you pluralize that uh anyway. the, the last time we had you on uh people were going nuts they're like ah we gotta have more of that barry Kr- what's bothering barry you know I, I i feared that that's something that could kind of backfire on me make me look like a cranky old has-been and maybe that's what i am <laughs> You're not a cranky yeah. old has-been. You're not They're, a cranky old you know, Hardly. I, mean, I, I don't just watch TV and listen to the radio and say what's wrong here, but uh, there's an awful lot wrong. I'll tell you what's bothering me today. <laughs> okay, yeah, come on. Let's go. And Steve, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. 
It's the I-91 Bandit, not the Route 91 Bandit. Thank there you, you go. very yep. much, the Route 91. It's just another instance of where Western Massachusetts gets no respect. Yeah. You know, it's an interstate. It's not a state Route 10 or a state Route 202. It's Interstate 91. It's the I-91 Bandit. They don't call it Router Skate 91 over there. <laughs> no, they don't. Although that would be a little bit more pleasurable, wouldn't it? It would be. I, uh, I uh, did a story. I read a story yesterday. Oh, I gotta find that. Uh, it was a uh, it was a it was a weather story. Let me see if I can find it. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to screw this up here. Uh, where a local meteorologist did a story about uh, weather in in December. I uh, see. I can't. I can't. Yeah, find it was it. something to the effect of uh, colder temperatures and possible snow in December. Or something like something along the lines of that. Yeah, and uh, and the whole story's gist uh, was um, it gets colder in December. Really? Yeah. And we can oftentimes in December expect snow. <laughs> and I thought this is the kind of story that if it doesn't lead, then maybe it shouldn't be done. Because to me, it's like that's a top. I had had I not been informed of this by a local meteorologist. There's no way to have ever known this. Sometimes they have meteorologists on staff and they say, we got to find something for this guy to do. He's not on the air today, but we got to make up a story. So what? how about December weather? You know, and television is good for nothing, if not really emphasizing the obvious. I mean, is, are those stories ever assigned and the either the assignment editor or the producer just starts laughing and laughing because he knows or she knows that... This could only really go one way with the most obvious reporting that could ever possibly be. There must, there, you, you, it must be kind of like a, like, a, like a practical joke. Let's send that guy out for that story. It kind of seems that way, doesn't it? It but, does. But this is the problem you run into in local news is that it's tough to fill the news sack. And, uh, yeah. and Steve, you can... <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Tell us about the news sack, Mary. I got a news sack for you, too. It's oh, a big, empty bag. Yeah. And, and you got to, you know, you have 90 minutes to fill or you have right. two and a half hours to fill over the course of a day or a morning. And I imagine when it's drained, the only thing you can do for it is like you put it on your forehead, right? <laughs> you lost me there, brother. <laughs> it's all right. Let it go. All right. So, but but you, you were uh, obviously still working when, when a lot of these like kind of fluff pieces like the, the the whole weekend newscast seemed like it's just fluff stuff it's like well there was a there was a walkathon over the weekend not that those stories are not important to the people that are doing them but, or or you know that they're about no that's what that's what weekends are for yeah. is the fun runs and the fundraisers and yeah but then monday you hear uh, or even by tuesday or wednesday last friday uh, last oh, saturday there was this yeah. happened and and whatnot. i mean are the, there's the, nobody the, paying attention to the crime blotter going on because the truth is most criminals really get their best work done on the weekend (laughs) i'm one of these people that thinks a lot of these crime stories should be ignored unless they're spectacular you know but uh, you know there's just too many and fires garage fires who really cares well Well, it's your garage yeah in that case it does matter Uh, a lot of accidents you know well we have the video let's make a story you know and we called the state police and we're waiting to hear back from them i don't this is where i tend to disagree with you on that (laughs) because i think those stories are important especially because that's the whole idea is that you're trying to let people know what is happening around them i think it's important if it affects traffic 
Yes, I, I think that's the uh, I think that's the most important part about uh, an accident story, or you know, if people are hurt. Yeah, that that normally will close a street, and that's the sort of thing that need, people need to know about. But uh, what about uh, and just twenty two days before Christmas? Yeah, I'm ignoring all that. Yeah, you don't like that. You <laughs> never use that as kind of a. No, no that, that's definitely the lead into all those uh, gift stories and Christmas stories and holiday stories. Yeah, but I mean, like a house fire, like on oh, their house burnt down, just twelve or a house days burns be- on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and that has happened. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that that's sucks. terrible. Fires are terrible. Yeah, there's no no doubt about it. What else is bugging you? You know something? I have a controversial. Uh, well, before I get into that, I'd like to clear up the Great Krieger cotton candy controversy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's candy. talk about the cotton candy. Can I can I walk the people through how this whole thing un, un, unraveled? Well, you did once, and uh, yes, yeah. that's uh, that's what led to this. But go ahead. Yeah, so we were at a Thunderbirds game uh, the week before Thanksgiving, and uh, I was buying my kids some ice cream, and you indicated that you would like some cotton candy, so I got you some. Actually, I offered you the ice cream first. And then uh, you said, no, but I'll take some of that cotton candy. So I got you a bag of cotton candy. I think candy. someone even asked me, you mean the cotton candy ice cream? I said, no, no, no. No, the you, cotton candy. see them? Yeah, I think I did. I think I was the one who said, do you mean the, the ice cream or do you want the thing? <laughs> so I got you the cotton candy, and you walk away with the bag. Now, my sister, who was, uh, who was visiting, she had a bag of uh, popcorn. She was buying popcorn at another stand. Yes. And then we, uh, <laughs> all within five minutes, we go sit, we get all our stuff, we go sit down in the You know, stands. it was a long walk to the seats. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. It's not a big place. It's the Mass Mutual Center. It wasn't a very big cotton candy. No, you could get uh, from one side to the other in less than three minutes. But anyway, so I get you. I get, we we sit down in the seats, and then my my sister, you're sitting on the left on the left side of me, and my sister's sitting two seats on my right side, and she says, "Hey Barry, uh, I'll give you some of this popcorn for some of that cotton candy," and you say, "Oh." I already ate it. And she goes, I know you ate it because I watched you shove it down your throat before we came and sat down. So then you drive her. You were kind enough to drive her to the airport for me on uh, her trip back home. Yeah, while you were doing the Mayflower Marathon. Yeah. Yep. And then so then uh, she, as a thank you, because you don't take any money. I can never give you any money for anything. She she sends you 12 bags of cotton candy. Actually, it was three bags with 12 one-ounce bags each in them. So oh, okay. 36 ounces <laughs> two pounds and some ounces. Yeah. <laughs> two pounds. Candy. Of- <laughs> you have an idea how much cotton like- candy two pounds of it is? I, I like his measurement. It two was a- pounds and some ounces. <laughs> yeah. Two and a quarter pounds. Right, right. I think. Right. Yeah, whatever. So you, you're enjoying the cotton candy. Well, yes. Uh, I was delighted to see it. <laughs> it was a huge box. And I said, what could this possibly be? And uh, and and then I, I sent a picture to you, and uh, we had a laugh yeah. about it. And uh, and I've been budgeting myself because you don't want to eat it all at once. Uh, but there's a thing about cotton Cause you, candy because you want to keep all your toes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, when you first discussed this, uh, Bax, you yeah. said something about you know he's a man in the '60s. Why is he eating cotton candy? I'd like to clear that up. I'm a man in my 70s, Bax. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Man. 72. That- 72? Really? But thank you. You look terrific for but, but, a man that ungodly old. But still no answer to the question, what is a man in the 70s eating cotton candy for? Well, the other thing was, was uh, he was talking about a man in the 60s, retired, and no longer has to color his hair. I'd like to clear that up also. Uh-huh. I never colored my hair. It was unnaturally yeah. dark, 
and I'll admit that. But I started going salt and pepper in, in my fifties or sixties. Really? Yeah. No. Because a lot of those TV uh, TV folk dye their hair. Yes, they do. I wasn't one of them. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, because you can usually tell those guys because it's so obvious. All of a sudden, it's all one color. Yeah. What? Yeah. One yeah. color all the time. And it looks really great. Yeah. Makes them look younger. So the thing about cotton candy, <laughs> uh, I've actually had a fascination with it since childhood. Uh, I can remember one time when I was four or five years old, I tried to make some with uh, my buddy Steve Henry. And uh, we, we were up in my parents' apartment, and my mother used to knit. And I got out a skein of yarn, and we're adding sugar to it, and somehow it never really worked. But uh, we ruined some yarn. And um, but over the years, you know, walking in the St. Patrick's Parade, guys going by with a, a platter of uh, cotton candy cones, and I'm running after the guy with two dollars in my hand or three or whatever it is, you know. And then I'm running all the way back, and I'm out of breath, and we're like continuing to walk, and I'm eating the eating cotton, the cotton candy. candy. Yeah, there's something about the texture. It, it's almost like eating sweet air. Well, let me ask you this. It's like a unicorn frolicking on your tongue. Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of student you were as a kid. I don't know how smart you were when you were in your youth. But what made you think that cotton candy and textiles would be a good combination? <laughs> you got to try stuff. Yeah. Well, I understand that. I know, like like smoking banana peels. I I understand all that. But, but uh, <laughs> a skein of yarn didn't seem to be like an obvious way of making cotton candy. It, it seemed to have the texture. Uh, it made sense at the time. I, I don't know. I just Googled that uh, name of your friend that you mentioned with the cotton candy. Steve Henry? Yeah, I just Googled that name, and it says that uh, poor boy died in a homemade cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tragedy. And his friend Barry would... Inhaled too much sugar. Yeah. So did you? have you finished the no. cotton candy? No, I actually have one whole unopened bag of... Uh, 12 cotton candy wow. ounces. Wow. Left. So you've been really doling this out to, I, in a measured way. I think I forgot about it the last couple of days. Yeah. So, uh. You're going to eat that on your deck while you're yelling at the sky? Nope. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Telling the kids to get off yeah. your lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off my condo lawn. lawn. <laughs> oh, dear. He doesn't have, you don't have any kids in your neighborhood. You live in a, it's a 55 and over. I uh, live in what I affectionately referred to as the OFCC, the Old Farts Condo Complex. <laughs> One level living, raised toilets, and no kids. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, sounds, sounds when perfect. there's noise complaints in the neighborhood, you know it's Saturday night and Barry's eating cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody's walking it's, by and Maggie's barking at him. Yeah, yeah and yeah. screaming out, yippee, every Yip, time he opens yippee. up a new bag. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. I was going to say we're yeah. we're almost out of time, but uh, this is a, this is like another another fascinating piece to the Barry Krieger puzzle. You know, as I was driving over here, I'm saying, why am I doing this? I uh, I really don't know why I'm coming, but uh, it's always fun to see you guys. What else are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. Sleep? No, you're retired. No. You're supposed to be enjoying life. This is enjoy. This is enjoyment. You're the coming question, here. And- the question should always be, why aren't you doing this? That's what I'm saying. And doesn't it feel good that people want to hear what you have to well, say? Well, I know you want to hear. I, no, I don't no. know what the listeners are thinking. We had an open lines, and people were like, you should bring back uh, Barry. More Barry. What, what's bothering Barry? <laughs> well, it's always fun to see you guys. It's uh, always fun to see you. I have been a fan for decades, if not years, but uh, one of those things. 
And uh, that, you know, I'm like all the other people that listen every day, you know, what are you going to say next? And I want to laugh and you guys make me laugh. And oh, I appreciate well, you, that. I appreciate it. You Great. make us laugh, by the way, just by the little things you do. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Krieger, everybody. Yeah, Barry oh, Krieger, everybody. Great to see you. There you go. <laughs> it's bothering Barry. It's 825 on Rock 102. Hey, poser. Okay, so good day. This is a Christmas party. 831. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hey, Barry, before you go, someone just uh, just posted, more Barry, love it, thank you. Isn't that nice? Isn't yeah, that nice? very nice. People love you, Barry. Great to see you, fellas. Hey, good, good to, to see, see you. Good to see you as always, buddy. All right. Damn, Barry Krieger. He was like, you know, he was sitting here. Yeah. And he was like, he didn't know what to do. Because I don't care if he sits here all morning. If, uh, you know, he's, It doesn't matter to me. He's our buddy, Barry. But uh, he didn't know what to do. And Judy Matt's cooking some delicious stuff upstairs. And he's like... I'm like, do you want to go talk to Judy upstairs? And he's like, yes. So I said, all right, take your coat and go upstairs and go talk to Judy. She's preparing all kinds of things yeah, in the kitchen maybe, up there. Maybe she's bring some. She brought some uh, cotton candy for you. Uh, Longmeadow police have arrested a man for an alleged attempted house break-in. Longmeadow police say 31-year-old Raul Rosario of Springfield was allegedly attempting to break into a house on Longmeadow Street shortly after 7.30 p.m. last night. Officers eventually arrested him. After he tried to run away, he's charged with breaking and entering a residence, assault and battery on a police officer, resisting arrest, and malicious damage to a property. Shame on you, yeah, sir. Feel so soon before Christmas. There are currently 21 sex offenders that are living or working in Westfield that have a moderate or high risk to reoffend, according to city data. The Westfield Police Department has released details on a man who is a level three classification for his yearly Massachusetts registered sex offender list. Oh, oh. he registered again. Does he get a plaque? I believe you get a plaque. Uh, you get uh, your name on a poster that gets plastered all over town telling exactly where you live and work. Perfect. What, a, if he, what if he gets a T-shirt? <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I like how Barry's the butler for Judy Matt coming yeah, down the stairs. Yeah. He's bringing all the food Barry, down here. <laughs> Barry's now like a bellboy. Yeah. B uh, Barry the butler with the uh, the food. Uh, what'd she bring, Barry? Uh, what is that? This looks like potato salad. Potato salad? Right. Tater tots. I like tater tots. Oh, man. There's you want to stick around for some? Yeah, you're going to stick around and eat some of this stuff with us, aren't you? I mean, you got a busy day ahead of you? Might be nuggets. Yeah, it might be I'm nuggets. Good stuff. Open. Anyway, 40-year-old uh, Wilfredo Vasquez Jr. has been classified as a level 3 sex offender by the Mass Sex Offender Registry Board. And Vasquez Jr. has uh, seven different convictions from 2000 to 2018. He's described as uh, five foot seven, two hundred pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. He lives at thirty three Elm Street in apartment ten. By the way, well, like... so much for your privacy. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that right to privacy is really not your right when at you all. You walk in there, you're like, okay, I got to re-register. Okay, uh, can you not tell everybody exactly where I live? Yeah, sure. That's exactly how this law works. Go right ahead. Sir. Well, maybe you should have thought about that before you did all those terrible things. Uh, he's at moderate or high risk for reoffending, and the degree of dangerousness poses a public safety risk. To search for sex offenders in your community, you can visit the Massachusetts Sex Offender Registry Board to get the gifts for all the sex offenders that you <laughs> want to get this now, holiday. Now, do season. they uh, do they drop cookies and uh, a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of things on your laptop if you go to that re registry website? Maybe. I mean, I yeah, you always want to know, you know, who who are the perverts in your neighborhood, yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, 
For the sex offender who has everything, <laughs> this is the sex offender registry. The uh, Ludlow Police Department has been awarded a grant to increase the number of patrols focused on impaired driving during the holiday season. This is an effort on part of the National Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over campaign. Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Velatis uh, said the department will receive $2,210.70 and will join other local departments and state police to reduce the amount of drunk driving. Where do you get a number like that? <laughs> I don't I, It must be like a, you, you must have to know somebody. Well, it's not like, like I can see, okay, 2200 bucks, which is still kind of an odd amount. Yeah. You know, it'd be a 2000 3000 2500 you know, in increments of 500 at least. Right. But where does the number $2,210.70 come up for the estimate that it's going to cost you to hire more police officers? I don't, I don't really, I don't really know uh, things like ooh, what do you call it, math. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really tell you how they are figuring this out. Through December thirty first, Ludlow officers will be on the lookout for impaired or reckless drivers on the road and maybe that may be intoxicated or using drugs. I believe that's how they caught the dentist last year. Probably is the guy who was doing rails of coke off the, uh, off dashboard, the dashboard of his BMW. <laughs> One hell of a ride, man. One hell of a ride. All right, now spit. According to the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, roughly one-third of all deadly accidents in the U.S. involve drunk driving. More than 10,000 people died each year from 2014 to 2018 in drunk driving-related crashes. But it's through December 31st, so on January 1st, you can drink and drive all you want. And actually, no, that's not uh, that's not how it works. I was under the impression that that's how no, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, they, they, they set the new number, but, you know. Yeah. How many people get loaded on New Year's Eve? Yeah. You know? But uh, it just makes it sound like they're not going to be on the lookout oh, after December 31st. They'll be on the lookout. A targeted attack on electrical substations in North Carolina left more than uh, 100,000 without power over the weekend. The attack took place Saturday night in North Carolina's Moore County. Police say that there are multiple substations had been shot in a targeted attack, leaving around 35,000 35, homes still without power as of Monday morning. The county has declared a state of emergency and closed county schools yesterday. With such a drastic impact from the attack, the question of substation security arises. 22 News reached out to Priscilla Ress, spokesperson for uh, Eversource of Western Mass, to learn why security measures are in place to protect grids or what security measures are in place to protect grids in Massachusetts. Ress stated in an email, Providing safe, reliable service to our customers is our top priority and the security of the grid is critical to those efforts. We're constantly in close contact with industry peers, government official, law enforcement, and other public safety leaders, evaluating and following best practices to manage our risk of an attack. Which basically means we don't have any security. <laughs> <laughs> She's basically writing this and saying, well, this will shut them up. Well, I, I just remember, you know, after 9-11, there was all this, like, increased security for... Uh, like rail yards and uh, and all kinds of shipping lanes and things mm -hmm. like that. Let me tell you, I worked in a rail yard. Yeah, there was no security. You could you could in a small place like a West Springfield, as opposed to like you go to Chicago. Yeah, they got all the security yeah. measures, the bomb sniffers and all that but stuff. But that's like but that but like Chicago's a hub city for the rail and railroad industry. Right, but I mean, if anybody wanted to do something, they could easily go to the smaller location and load up well, a trailer full of stuff you know, and always, ship it halfway across the country. I always kind of wondered that because yeah. you know there's, there's so many. Areas of of the rail system yeah. that are completely hidden from 
public view. I yeah. mean, you could get away with nearly anything near the rails. You could. You could go. You could. Uh, that was the best place, by the way, if you wanted to get frisky with a lady. Is that what they told you? Next to the railroad tracks. Really? Because there's hardly anybody that ever patrols them. Is that what everybody the railroad told you happened? Yeah. Yeah. Because you were never able to figure that out in your I own? I was never able to figure of that out on my no. own. No. Yeah, because, it, because I'm sure there's a whole line of ladies just looking to have sex next to a, a rail yard. No, but the idea of, uh, yeah, well. Man, you're so romantic. Man, I, I put on the caboose outfit tonight, <laughs> will you? <laughs> Are you the yard master for me? Uh, say, t- just, just, just call me Choo Choo from Railroad Salvage. Check out the angle cock on the end of this car, huh? How about that? We're always, we're always welcoming new guests into the studio, <laughs> aren't we? It's so fun talking filthy while Judy uh, Matt is just literally six feet away. We're going to talk to Judy in, uh, in just a minute uh, about the uh, the holiday concert coming up. Uh, your Pioneer Valley for, uh, forecast is going to be rainy today with a high of 54, tomorrow rainy with a high of 56. It is 38 right now. Actually, it's 40 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Joe's a nice guy. 47, and Allison Chains with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. This is what Judy Matt does. She uh, she brings everybody together. We get with her delicious food and her incredible charm. Yeah, she comes in. She gives us a smorgasbord of mac and cheese and fried chicken. And then Barry Krieger's here, still enjoying the the food with all of us. We're breaking bread. How's the food, Barry? Yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. But Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield is here. Good to see you. Nice to see you too. Have you have you uh, said uh, spent some time talking to Barry? Yes, I did, and he was very helpful serving this morning. That's what makes Barry such a mensch, <laughs> a wonderful man. Anyway, uh, the holiday concert is coming up, and it's coming up uh, Sunday. Tell us about the, what's going on with that. Okay, Sunday um, at two o'clock this Sunday, the eleventh, in Springfield Symphony Hall. We have the 215th Army Band of Massachusetts. It's the Army National Guard. And they've been, this is at least their 12th or 13th year back. And it's a real crowd pleaser. And it's free. And we like to welcome families and veterans and whomever else. The adjutant general is coming in this year, the base commander from Barnes and Westover to greet people. You know, and it's it's thanks to Mercy because it's their sponsorship that, that uh, does it every year. Yeah, you know, I don't know if people are, are aware of this, and I, and I mean this completely because I remember seeing them as a kid a couple of times, but the 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 band is fantastic. I mean, you're talking about exceptional musicians playing every year and all over the country, so to see them you know, come to Springfield again is is really very, very cool. Well, they, they say it's really one of the highlights of their year because they love the facility, the sound, the acoustics there, and we treat them right. You know, we really treat them well. Mercy feeds them. Just so you know, um, Sheridan hosts them in the hotel overnight. And uh, so everybody comes together to make this happen for the public. So that's why it's so important to me that people do come and take advantage of a real holiday classic. Now, will you be uh, feeding them like wings and potato salad and uh, cannolis too? You know what we did? We sent them menus from Elegant Affairs, and they selected what they wanted. So they're going to have a real nice meal. Saturday night, they're going to do rehearsal Saturday night, eat, and then... Because sometimes... If they don't, if they get there the day of the concert, they've got to do everything in one day. So here they're coming in late. It's nice, and um, so they're going to have a nice rehearse, have a nice meal, and they'll be ready for the concert at yeah, two o'clock the cool. next day. Now, if somebody wanted to get tickets, obviously you you, you got to yeah. move pretty quickly. You're talking even, about Sunday here, even though it's free, you still need tickets to get in. 
Right. And um, Pride has really stepped up with us this year. All their convenience stores, all the gas stations, they have 5,000 tickets amongst them. So you can go there. Or you can um, come to the security desk at one financial plaza where my office is, and he'll have them right up to the day, of, right up to the time of the concert. The Springfield Visitor Center, thirteen nineteen Main, um, and I think best bet now is go to Pride or swing by at Pride and pick up because I've got all the tickets there. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, so this is uh, this is going on while Bright Nights is is, uh, is up. How is that going? It's going. Tomorrow night we have public safety night. We had a little <clears throat> slow start because we had some bad bad weather. If you yeah. recall last Wednesday with those gusts, thirty five to fifty mile an hour, we had to close because <laughs> because of the trees yeah. more than anything else. And um, so we have public safety tomorrow night. We have supper with Santa Friday and Sunday. We have a lot going on, lots of activities. The road race was last week. It was great. See, I, I would think it'd be kind of fun to go through bright nights in a in a in, in breezy conditions. You know, just give it an element of danger. I think that'd be kind of make it a little little more exciting. Well, like you know, everyone likes going during a snowstorm, right? Well, why why not? You know, gusty winds, 50, 60 miles an hour. How cool would that be? Yeah, if it's, except if a tree branch fell on you. You know, Petzl, who's my partner in this, said uh, the trees were so stressed from lack of water this summer mm-hmm. that that's what you have to worry about with heavy, heavy winds, you know, pulling mm-hmm. up the roots. And if you want to know anything about trees, you'll get an education. Talk to Pat, and he'll tell you the cherry trees might split. This might happen. And our guys, our crew, it just can't be any better. Keeping it up, you know, keep it up. We had no damage to the displays. And, but some limbs came down, no damage because yeah. they're you know they're profiles. The, the wind goes through them. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, but but since that, crowds have been good. Oh yeah, we've had we had a thousand cars Sunday night. It's it's good. It's good. And because of our new system, you know, with um, buying the tickets online and just uh, scanning them when you come in, it goes so much faster. So you won't see the long lines because we can do. I I, I think they they said it's eight a minute get eight cars through a minute because it just scanned instead of counting money out. I actually uh, heard a compliment uh, last week about how easily the traffic is flowing through there much better. That yeah. I, I, That's actually a pretty smart idea to get everybody to just get the tickets beforehand before you, so you're not sh- exchanging cash out a window or a, a credit card. Or well, what happened like. is be, during the COVID, <clears throat> the only way they'd let me do bright nights is if it was a touchless mm-hmm. situation. So we went to this company called Ticket Spice on the West Coast and they uh, handle it for us, and it's amazing. I mean, the first ticket was sold in New Jersey. The second one was sold in New Hampshire. And I tell you, it's amazing the detail and the information that we get. And as a result of doing it all online, we have 57,000 emails that we send our newsletter out to every month so they know what's going on in the city and so forth. So uh, it's a, a marvelous. And if you can go to the Big Y and you can get the ticket, a lot of people live near Big Y's, and the ticket is actually cheaper. The ticket is sixteen fifty if you go into Big Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it's twenty three at the gate. And if someone absolutely doesn't have, you know, a smartphone, and they're just, we will find a way to get them in. You really want to up the ante here. Uh, get Ticketmaster involved. I'm sure they'll <laughs> yeah. have. You yeah, can probably go through with like twenty thousand dollars to go through. Oh, yeah, sixteen fifty turns into sixteen thousand fifty. Huh? Amazing, isn't and it? And you get an extra buck out of every ticket they sell. <laughs> How and about I'm, that? And, and, and I got to tell you this: the twenty three dollars at the gate yeah. is a two dollar fee, and that is to the company that does this. Just so you know, so and giving you all the information. But Big Y doesn't have the. But that's the only way we would either have to pay it or we we add it onto the ticket. 
but we haven't had a ticket increase in almost 10 years. So we have stayed under the radar in terms of the pricing, just like the pancake breakfast. and You know, we give it away. An affordable night out for a family. That's you know the what? important Next part. Next Tuesday and tonight are $10 Tuesdays. So you can get in for $10. Come on. You know? I mean, you know, Judy, really, this should be like $10,000 Tuesdays. I mean, that's that's what it should really be. Well, now, we might have make it affordable for families, you know. Now, do you still have all the all the stuff at the, uh, the gift shop and, and all more. of that? We have more. We uh, got a grant. And we got two new huge displays at the gift shop. It's so beautifully lit up now, a huge piece over the building. And, and then the blizzard tunnel, which is on the way out. The two of those, just we just replaced those in $97,000 for two pieces. But Mass Office of Travel and Tourism gave us a grant for that, so we're very grateful. The uh, the holiday concert is this Sunday at Symphony Hall. You can uh, get your tickets at Pride and, uh, and everywhere else. Uh, that uh, Yeah, the security desk at One Financial Plaza on Main Street, the Springfield Visitor Center on Main Street, and uh, you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Spirit of Springfield, Well, which it, we're kind of running low on time right, with that. Right. You're better off going to a Pride convenience store to get the tickets. Yeah, and you can it. go on our website, brightnights.org. And they'll give you all that information. Very good. Awesome. Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. Good to see you. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's 855 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. This week it's a Thunderbird Thursday with Bax.